You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and today with me is Mr. James Zimmerman, Director of HealthReach, a not-for-profit clinic in Waukegan, Illinois. Thank you, Mr. Zimmerman, for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here, Dr. Pickard. Today we're going to be discussing all the problems of a not-for-profit health clinic that treats the most underserved part of our population. Could you tell me a little bit about HealthReach? Well, HealthReach, as you say, is a not-for-profit enterprise, both in Waukegan and Mundelein, Illinois. We operate two uh, free clinics. We have approximately 35 volunteer physicians and specialists with another 10 uh, professional volunteers, uh, nurses, pharmacists, and pharmacy technicians as well. We serve about 4,000 individuals who generate approximately 14,000 visits per year to the two clinics. And in addition to the medical practice, we uh, operate a dispensary pharmacy operation that serves approximately 24,000 prescriptions per year as well. So we're sort of a full-service primary care and specialty care uh, medical enterprise uh, serving the uh, medically underserved of our community. Who are your patients? Well, there's a broad range. We serve all ages from children to seniors, men and women, of course. But to characterize our patients, the uh, the core of our, of, of our folks come from the working uh, low income. We uh, have most of our patients are between the ages of 40 and 55. They are also ethnically diverse. However, both clinics have a predominance of the Hispanic or Latino community. About 75% of our, our patients are, are Hispanic, 12% African American, and 10% white Caucasian, and uh, the rest Asian and others. Although you probably don't go into their documentation as being citizens, what percentage do you think might be undocumented aliens in the United States? Well, if you were to judge by our our client population, uh, somewhere in the order of 45% of uh, individuals that make use of our facilities are undocumented uh, immigrants or aliens. What percentage of your patients do you think uh, have good control of uh, English when they come for their health problems? Oh, I would say perhaps a quarter, 25%. Um, as you might guess, uh, in the Hispanic Latino population in particular, we have to provide full-time on-site uh, medical interpreting services so that our doctors can, uh, can properly serve uh, those patients. So that's a big part of our, of our business is uh, both the training and the um, utilization of, of uh, bilingual medical interpreters. What percentage actually do interpreters have to be involved with? About 75% of our doctor visits. Are you compensated? Is there any health system that compensates you for the cost of interpreters? No. In fact, as a free clinic, we, we have no billing systems. Um, we have received grants from uh, various organizations uh, ranging from the Catholic Charities to uh, Abbott Laboratories uh, over the years to create and develop our medical interpreter training program. But um, from a fee standpoint, we we take no fees and receive no monies to help us provide that service. In 1998, Health Human Services of the United States government under Title VI said that interpreters should be provided 
and that the government should pay for it. I believe that nobody has really pursued this, but uh, under the Civil Rights Act of 1964, health clinics are supposed to provide it. I don't know if it's health clinics or maybe it's just hospitals, but it's certainly anybody who receives Medicaid or Medicare. Have, have you ever thought about pursuing compensation from the government for your interpreters? One of the issues that we have is, is that most of our doctors are either retired or not practicing in a uh, traditional uh, business or medical practice. And because of that, they rely on the Good Samaritan Law in the state of Illinois for civil penalty coverage, uh, in essence, malpractice, if you will. One of the requirements of that law is that we don't take fees for service of any kind uh, and, and certainly not to compensate the, uh, the care providers. Therein lies the difficulty. We're, we're very conservative in our approach to that, and most of our doctors are concerned if we begin to, to consider taking fees of any kind, even from the Illinois Department of Public Health or Medicaid. I see. When I was in my own practice, it was not uncommon for me to have to rely on a minor who was competent in English to help if I was taking care of their parents. And this was always a problem dealing with the medical terms and also for the sensitivity issues that you wouldn't want a child to be involved in, either having to do with sexual practices or even the child becomes the bearer of bad news to their parents. But I would bet you that there are many office situations in which a minor becomes the person who communicates medical information uh, to their parents. I think that's a common practice, and and health reach, uh, for the reasons you brought up, all of them very good, um, we go out of our way to make sure that we have a, a very uh, strong, competent, trained staff of medical interpreters. In fact, if, if we um, uh, have to send an individual out for a specialty consultation away from our facilities, say, to, uh, you know, a specialist in their own practice, then we often send at their request a uh, trained medical interpreter with so that those circumstances you described don't, don't occur. There's a lot in the news now about CHIPS and the possibility that CHIPS may not be funded. But it sounds like from the way your clinic runs that whether CHIPS is funded or not, that particular problem will not particularly increase your patient load. I don't believe so. You know, our, our position in the, in the safety net is uh, at the very lowest element. In other words, in our community, we, uh, we're designed to serve those folks who are completely uh, medically uninsured and very low income. I think we're very good at that, and, and uh, there's a tremendous demand already for those services far beyond our capacity to actually provide that. So, Did you have much trouble getting volunteers, either uh, professional, MDs, and other volunteers to get your clinic going? You know, uh, recently we've had very good luck in finding and discovering volunteers. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that many of our physicians and, and longstanding volunteers often speak highly of our facilities and our practice, and they are our best recruiters, and they often bring uh, men and women who are uh, also uh, in the business and, and uh, you know, respect their thoughts. So we've had very good luck and, and, and really no difficulty in finding uh, good volunteers. Well, uh, always a big problem is how do you go about finding money for this organization? That's a, a tougher problem. Most of our monies come from both private and uh, corporate foundations uh, who grant us monies. We, we prepare grant documents to a large number of Chicago regional foundations and corporations. And uh, we've also been very fortunate to be in Lake County where Abbott uh, Laboratories, Baxter International, 
uh, Trustmark, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and, and many others have their Takeda's and other who have uh, uh, large facilities or corporate headquarters here, and so um, we've been able to count on them. It is interesting to know, and I think very important to acknowledge that even though our clients are very low-income individuals, they provide over 10% of our total funding in today's budget for 2007 would be about $120,000. So United Way also is a big help. I've been trying to get some insight into a clinic such as yours. Do you think you're particularly unique, or do you think the kind of institution that you represent, we're beginning to see more and more across the United States as our underserved and uninsured become a bigger part of our population? No, I don't think we're unique. I, it's my understanding, uh, I've read uh, read someplace where there are about 5,000 free clinics across the country and at least some in each, each of the states of the union. Uh, I think that because we are a fairly large free clinic operation, we are typical in that we have gone from being a uh, urgent care type of a clinic where patients come without appointment and, and uh, see physicians for minor uh, but urgent uh, matters or illnesses but now, really, what's happened is is that we've become more of a chronic disease management uh, organization. Diabetes, hypertension, cardiovascular disease are now at the core of our uh, service, and uh, you know those are prevalent the most in in that working adult uh, age group. So your model is no longer the drop-in type of clinic or going to the emergency room for relatively minor health problems, where you're seeing them on a continual basis. It's certainly providing a better standard of care. Yes, that's exactly right. And as the community discovers that we exist, more and more adults with these uh, serious chronic diseases are beginning to come uh, to our facilities. The other thing that makes us very good at at uh, providing good outcomes in those treatments is the fact that we have a very robust pharmacy uh, element to our business. As I said, we, we're delivering now about 2,000 prescriptions a month uh, on behalf of our clients, and uh, a very large fraction of those prescriptions are for type 2 diabetes. Um, not being a doctor, I hope I get this right, but hyperlipidemia, uh, high cholesterol, uh, and other cardiovascular disease indicators, hypertension. So this has become a, a real strength in our business. We've talked about how your clinic and your patients really aren't protected by any type of insurance. What really drives patients into your clinic? Is it our economic system, their loss of insurance, their loss of jobs? Well, I, I think it's a combination of all those factors. But when, you know, if you're a, if you're a person who has a job but without health insurance uh, and a family to, uh, to care for, and you have to make choices between uh, the rent bill, the utility bill, food, uh, educational costs and so forth, um, often chronic disease in particular goes to the bottom of your worries because uh, the symptoms are not always prevalent in a serious way. And unfortunately, of course, as you would know, the not having these diseases treated ends up very serious uh, side outcomes or side effects. When people find out that health reach actually exists and they can have their ailments properly treated and managed in a, in a high-quality medical environment, they, they come to us and, and, and almost always are very glad that, that they did, and they return. One last question. I wanted to ask, what do you do about the more expensive aspects of health care, such as a biopsy, seeing consultants, getting some of the more advanced radiologic techniques? Uh, last year, health reach case managed, if you will, approximately uh, 3,100 and I believe 70 
uh, instances of off-site subspecialty care, which would include everything from laboratories to, to x-ray and imaging, uh, MRI, cardiovascular uh, procedures such as catheterizations and so forth, as well as uh, biopsies, cancer forms of therapy and, and the such, uh, and even surgeries. So uh, the way we do that is pretty much one case at a time, and we have, uh, fortunately for us, strong relationships with the four regional hospitals, uh, and in particular Vista Health in the uh, Waukegan uh, city of Waukegan is, uh, actually gave us last year, according to their numbers, uh, $2.4 million in, in what we would call in-kind services or non-cash uh, medical services to support the folks that we have to refer out. That's certainly wonderful to hear. And I'd like uh, to thank Mr. James Zimmerman, Director of HealthReach, who's been our guest today. We've been discussing providing health care to the most underserved part of our population. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard. You've been listening to Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MDXM233, channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you very much for listening.